you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode 369. We're going to talk about, did you hear hearing protection? Did you hear about the passing of Otis McDonald? Did you hear I got a new gig with GunsAmerica.com and I got a new gun review out? Did you hear? There's some good news to share. All this and more coming up next. Blackmanwithagun.com Ken Blanchard's Pro-Gun Podcast Hey, how are you doing this week? I'm Ken Blanchard and on this show we share news, views, and stuff just for you. But don't let the smooth taste fool you. I know this show isn't for everybody, but I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and your brother from another mother, known around the world as the black man with a gun. And this is what cool sounds like. Welcome to the Black Man with a Gun Show. Are you ready for spring? The cherry blossoms are blooming here in the nation's capital. Traffic is atrocious, but it feels so good not to be shoveling snow. I don't know what you say, but I'm glad about it. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on with the episode that I hope makes you smile today. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you haven't heard, we lost a great patriot, Otis McDonald. Saturday morning. I think I was eating my cornflakes, staring out the window, watching the woodpecker. And uh, my wife's like, you always got that Facebook on. I said, I just got to check in, see what's happening in the world. And I noticed that my friend Otis McDonald had passed away. My friend Sarah and Valinda and Otis's nephew, Reverend Dr. Fred, had let me know that he had just died. It was really sad. He had been suffering for a while. If you don't know, Otis McDonald was the lead plaintiff among a handful of great people from Illinois whose case went all the way to the Supreme Court back in 2008. He passed away on April 4th, 2014. The case he was involved in, McDonald versus City of Chicago, ruled that the handgun ban violated the Second Amendment and that the right to keep and bear arms was incorporated to the state via the 14th Amendment. Mr. McDonald was an important person because he was the front man. They like to say that gun rights is of no consequence to anybody but old white guys, and that's a bunch of crap. Otis had been trying to just live his life, just do the right thing, and he wanted a concealed carry permit. He wanted to be able to carry a firearm in his home. He wanted to be able to protect his family. He was getting older, and his street, his whole neighborhood, he told me, he said, my neighborhood has changed. He was a kind, gentle Christian guy. After the Second Amendment got involved in Alan Gurr and all the folks of Chicago stepped up and just started to like encourage him and, and help him to, to take the lead. He did so. And he said, man, I got to tell you, I have never in all my born days seen some stuff like this. 
can you believe all these white people? I've been cheered and applauded and I thought I'd never see what I see. But I can go right down here to the corner store and the folks don't even know who I am. Isn't America great? And I go, yeah, man, it's, it's cool, ain't it? We're almost there, Doc. We're almost there. Otis has seen a lot in his time. You know, in this case, I had nothing to do with it. Almost every other case in the country that had to do with African-American something. I was in the background or had validated or gave the nod or the thumbs up or something. But on this case, nothing. I ain't mad at it. I'm just glad I was a part of, of knowing him in his life. Big thanks to the Illinois State and Rifle Association and Second Amendment Foundation and, and all the people, the Lawsons and all the folks that are involved in this case that they worked in the background. They did all, they did all the heavy lifting. Sister Dr. Paula and Belinda Rowe and just the people that kind of just go to know that they're going to be mixed in it with somehow and make it, make it happen when it happens. Because of gun rights, Chicago is like my, one of my favorite cities. I actually love the folks in Chicago. People are just different, real down home. And, and again, they got the music I love, too. His nephew, the Reverend Dr. Fred Jones, is handling all the inquiries right now. In case you don't want to send a note of thanks or a note of condolences to the missus. Brother Otis was born in a place called Fort Necessity, Louisiana. Now, you know that's country. And he moved north to Chicago after serving in the U.S. Army after that Great Migration. The Great Migration is a massive demographic shift that happened around 1910 to probably about 1950 from the south, the rural south, to the urban northeast, midwest, and the west. For the most part, they went to New York, Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland because that's where the jobs were. And the population grew in, of African-American people for 40%. And why? Would you rather pick cotton for hardly any money or work in an inside place and make more money? If you work for Ford, you could probably have your own car. I mean, it changed everything. It changed the music. It changed the politics. It changed so much in the way we, we were as a people. And the South was forced to change because they lost all their people. Some of that stuff went belly up down South. They moved like 14 states. Everybody went north. The Chicago blues, the Motown sound, all that stuff was influenced by the Great Migration. And my man Otis was right in the middle of it. He worked several jobs before finding a career at the University of Chicago, where he was an engineer. He worked his way through college. He earned a degree in engineering from Kennedy King College in Chicago. Actually, he was the president of his local trade union. Otis was survived by his wife, Laura, and their children, even though he lost his son earlier. If you want to send a card or donation and not any flowers, please do. Send them to Ms. M- Mrs. McDonald, 10752 South Church Street, Chicago, Illinois. That's 10752 South Church Street, Chicago, Illinois. 60643. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. 
whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Hey, are you going to the NRA annual meeting? This year, it's uh, April 25th through the 27th at the Indiana Convention Center, downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. It's the largest shooting, hunting, and outdoor show in the country. I know there's gun shows that are better because you can take home stuff. This one, you can't buy a thing. But you can sure enough see some stuff that you won't see at your local gun store. The most important thing for me, though, is the people. Always has been. Back in 2013, I got a chance to uh, to meet some of the people who work on my blogs at Gun Rights Magazine, to the folks that I'm on Facebook with, the people that only listen to me and I never actually get to see. It was nice. I was hugging people. I felt like I was in church. The NRA annual meetings is a little bit different than the SHOT Show. It gives... Outdoor retailers and outfitters, the best opportunity to secure some leads and interact with people in the community. It's a premier event. And it's all about relationships. Relationships. We had a um, a meetup only attended by four guys. Mark Wilson put it on at Sambuca Restaurant in Houston last year. He and Rick Ector and Ted Deeds, I believe, were the only ones there for this one. There was a huge party. Glenn Beck was throwing something. I think Michael, uh, what's Mike's last name? The downrange guy. Well, you know who I'm talking about. Cool Mike, big Mike. Bane, there you go. Bet you were shouting at your iPod. Sorry about that. Had a senior moment. Yeah, but Mark put this thing on. It was like in a nice jazzy place. The food was great. And we had a chance to just kick back and rest our dogs because your feet will be hurting after you travel the miles and miles of convention space, travel to and from your hotel room, and try to see and do as much as you can while you're there. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Um, I got a room, and I have no idea how far it is from the convention center. And I think I have an in-law. My wife's cousin, I think, actually lives in Indy. And I got a couple of friends who actually live in Indianapolis that I'll be making a way. It's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm going to try to uh, just make the best of the time. You know, you only have like, what, 72 hours to to smile. At somebody that you haven't seen in a while to hug them and let them know that you appreciate them. That's what it is for me. It's like homecoming. For me, it's a time of refreshment. You get a chance to be around like-minded people who are positive, who love America, who love their freedom, who love the shooting community. And as the pastor of Patriots, Pistoleros, and Paladins, I'm in high cotton. So if you listen to this podcast, if you watch me grow over the last 20 years, if you've seen me and heard me and but never really met me, find me, please. 
I'm going to be tweeting like Tweety Bird and trying my best to let you know where I'm going to be. Because I'm going to try to, a couple of things, I'm going to get there, do a quick run around, and I'm going to squat somewhere and let you find me if you want to. Yeah, try to do this thing smart. And if there's an event that you think would be cool that I probably don't know about because everybody just assumes that Ken is invited or Ken knows everything. Ken don't know squat. Ken is by himself. He's a man outstanding in his field. If you want to pull me in and say, hey, there's a party over here. There's a party over there. I'll be glad to go. Now, I know you'll be trying to make that move, doing all that business stuff, and you'll be trying to chase down leads for sponsors and stuff like that. But if you're not, and you just want to hang out with your friend and your brother, holla. Hit me back on Twitter or uh, instant message me or email me, and then I'll find you. We'll hook up right there. Yeah, even the um, my voicemail, 888-675-0202. It will send a message to my email box, and then I can quickly find you. So as long as that thing's working, we'll make it work. I always treat this like it's like the last time I'm going to see you because you never know. Like always, it's tight. I mean, it's hard financially to get out. Folks are losing their jobs at record paces. Um, I haven't been able to find employment, but I've been making do, doing whatever. I feel like a, like a hobo most of the time. But you'll find more details if things happen. Uh, Facebook page, Black Man with a Gun 1. Look there. Find me on Twitter, Black Man with a Gun, or Black Man with Gun, no A in that, and uh, we'll make it happen. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I really, really am. We're going to have a good time this year. I'm going to be buck wild. When am I not, right? Whoop! you didn't know that? Yeah. I have big fun when I get a chance to be with cool people. Me, Mark, Eric, uh, Rick Ector, Ted, we had a blast. Rob and Don, Alex, Allen. Yeah, y'all know. I know it's cool to be in a in the mix, but if you want to find like, you know, just a small gathering of people, I always like that better. You get to know those people a whole lot better. You can't meet everybody. And I understand that. But if you miss me, hey, we'll catch you in the flip side. NRA, this month, 25th, 26th, and the 27th of April. Hope to see you in Indianapolis. Up close and personal with the Daniel Defense M4 V9, the 5.56. Just recently, I got a chance to do my first professional review for GunsAmerica.com. It was a big to-do for me. They had specs. They wanted certain things. It wasn't like just me throwing some stuff on YouTube, like, like I'm known to do now that I'm getting a little bit over my shyness of video. But when I pulled this carbine out of his plastic case, I had a flashback, man. It took me back to second phase at Paris Island, South Carolina, way back in 1980. This was a little bit different, though. Yeah, it was. My M16A1 had a 20-inch barrel. 
This thing was 16 inches and felt a little bit short. But in a world that's kind of dominated now by M4 clones, the Daniel Defense, at first glance, was familiar. You know, the entire rifle, you could shut it down to like 32.5 inches. Once you pull the stock out, it was just under 36. Had all the cool stuff on it. It was soft touch over molding so that the stock itself and the grips, all the furniture was comfortable. Had a government profile barrel, and I didn't really know what that was. So I had to call my boy Malcolm and, uh, and Richard to school me. I just used stuff. But I got a good education. And I felt like I knew what I was talking about after that. A, cr- a government profile barrel is a chrome line, MP-tested, mil-spec, heavy, phosphated, coated barrel. Yeah. This thing was also cold hammer-forged which is a process that folks do a little extra to make sure that it is super high quality. That's when they take a tube of steel, they fit it over a mandrill, and it's like a negative image of the bore, and through a series of hammers, beat the barrel down around the mandrill, creating the bore diameter and rifling, and it doesn't weaken the steel. It compresses it, makes it stronger, a denser barrel. It's kind of like old school um, blacksmithing almost. The handguard on this thing has a 15-inch rail, hard anodized aluminum. has quad rails on it for days. You can throw like coffee cups and optics and laser pointers, night vision, bipods. I mean, you can just go nuts with accessories. The forend is a free-floated one, so you can... Keep your hand cool during those hot sessions. The rails are like 12, 3, 6, and 9, respectively. Has a really big trigger guard so that you can stick all your fingers or use gloves if you have to. Shooting this thing was the ball. Trigger breaks clean. Didn't have any travel after at all. Felt like a custom job, actually. It's about five point something pounds of pressure. I'd say it's a pretty good CQB gun, actually. The only bad part is in places like Maryland and Illinois and New Jersey, New York, probably missing a few states. They'll treat this thing like it's uh, public enemy number one. If they don't have a rule for it, they just won't allow it to be sold in the state. And that's kind of crazy. This uh, M4 didn't come with fixed sights, so I had to stick a pair of my Troy Industries on there and actually went to the store and bought, because my friends on Facebook said it was better, a pair of uh, Aimpoint Pros. I didn't have a pair of optics until this gun. But this is just a test and evaluation piece, so I'll be sending it back, and I'll be putting that Aimpoint Pro on my gun. Yeah, I will. The one that's featured on the cover of my book. It's going to be spiffy now, buddy. But back to this Daniel Defense rifle. The barrel, the, uh, what do you call that little thing? The flash suppressor, it just barely peeks out about an inch after the uh, rails. It's just clean. 
all the way around. Takedown was easy. The internal workings were uh, pin low prof- profile, mid-length, uh, had a direct impingement gas system, regular bolt carrier group like M16 had back in the day. Um, it's a good place to start. This whole thing is a semi-automatic 5.56 NATO, and I got a chance to shoot the 223 and a NATO next to it. I mean, 223 and a 5.56 next to it. And although some people think they're the same, they're not. I actually took a picture of the two different rounds, and it's probably closer to uh, the 38 and uh, 357, where you can damage that forcing cone and maybe the barrel of your firearm just a little bit after shooting it. Will it shoot it? Will it fire it? Yeah. But you want to put the right ammo in the right right gun. You know, there's a lot of rifles on the market now. And I was looking at the kind of a comparison. Yeah, this thing is up there, man. MSRP is like $1689 for this rifle. I know, right? But it shot like a precision rifle. It shot like it had custom work done to it. It shot right out the box like it was, you know, what it was doing. And that's what you want. You don't want the stuff that you pick out of the box and it rattles. And then you got to go take it to a gunsmith and spend a couple hundred more dollars to do something else to it. So after I checked the barrel, the bolt assembly group, and gave it a light cleaning, it was good to go. Gave it a function check, packed it in the case, went to the range, and... Shot it offhand first. That's just because I do. Then after talking to my new editor, I put it on the bench and then uh, saw how far I was off. It wasn't the gun. It was me. But this thing is pretty good. Use about four different types of ammo. Couldn't tell the difference. Uh, it was a tack dryer. Was, I thought I was shooting a, a twenty-two. Yeah. It was like that. The company I heard is only, it's like kind of new. I mean, they used to sell just uh, rails and other stuff for the MSRs. In comparison to Armalite and Colt, Stag, I mean, it's like a whole bunch of companies that have been around forever and a day. You could probably give me a list of 20. But this one's got it going on. You know, the M16A1 I shot back in the day wasn't made out of CNC machine parts that fit together like a watch, like this thing. I think M4s now are more suited for civilian and military than uh, the older versions. Plus, you can move this thing all over the place. It's so small and so just made to shoot that if you want to compete with it, you can. If you want to make it a defensive firearm, you can. If you can get your sheriff's department or your law enforcement entity to pay for the money, bam, I would. And then again, if you live in states like mine, won't even allow it to be in here. We have a crazy law called the uh, SB 281. It's just wrong. To me, this Daniel Defense M4 is the kind of gun you take to show your friends and, uh, I bet there's a few diehard Daniel Defense fans out there. It's an investment. 
But by the time you buy entry-level AR and slowly trick it out with all the modifications that this thing comes in stock, price tag will still climb up there. And meanwhile, you'll be missing out on a shooting. This thing runs like a thoroughbred racehorse. And for the serious shooter or the novice, you can't go wrong. Got some really cool pictures on uh, gunsamerica.com. Look for that article. It's called Up Close and Personal with the Daniel Defense DDM4V9. And there's a link to it on the show notes for episode number 369. You know, when you go to the gun show and there's always a booth of somebody that's making hearing protection, that those little molds you stick in your ear and you wonder, these guys any good? Well, I actually have a pair of those and I actually went to a real audiologist to see the difference. But more than just seeing the difference, I wanted to actually interview a doctor and get the inside scoop so that uh, I could share it on this show. I learned a lot about decibels and NRR ratings. I thought I'd just share a few tidbits with you. Did a quick video this week. Been trying to do a little bit more YouTube stuff um, just for my own edification. You probably already heard it a couple of times before, but doing video, it's a monster. Scares me to death. Mostly because I'm looking at myself, and after you get over that part of it, then you got to worry about, is the audio okay? Is the content all right? Is the notes going to be all right? Is it going to be perceived in the right way? And it just takes longer than audio. Well, here's the deal. If you expose yourself to high noise, like you do at a range, you should always wear both sets of disposables and over-the-ear muffs. If you wear those ones, those yellow foamies by ear, E-A-R, I think they're like 27 um, NRR rated, noise reduction rated. And if you add a pair of muffs, you give yourself like a plus five. So you're protected up to like 30 something. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it because I learned from Doc that there's small bones and cartilages that are in your ear, in your head, that once they're damaged, they don't grow back. You know, when you walk around an NRA annual meeting and you see all these old timers with the hearing aids, that's why. Those are the cats used to use cigarette butts and empty cartridge shells and nothing because they were tough. And now, look at them. They can't hear squat. So I want you to make sure that you're not in that group and wear both. Now, they got even sexier now because there's electronics um, out there that have made it even better. They amplify sound and they can muffle stuff out. But again, like firearms, simple is best sometimes because batteries wear out. But you can't beat amplified hearing protection for some cases, especially if you're a teacher. You can... Oh, man, I've been walking behind the line. You're a range safety officer. You want to make sure somebody's doing the right thing? You can hear them if you can't see them first. Somebody's talking too much? You can pick that right up. You're in the field? Yeah. You can hear a rat backsliding on cotton. But you don't want to chew any gum while you're shooting because the movement of your jaw can open up cavities in your head that will just bring in more sound. 
You want to make sure if you got dreads or long hair, you pull that away so there's a seal. You're going to get a little bit of a, of a break from the shooting glasses that you have, but you don't want to add that to everything else. And then even if you buy aircraft carrier type muffs, make your ears sweat turning jello after a couple hours in the heat. Believe it or not, your body will start to tune in and pick up sound. Body's amazing. It'll adapt. Next up is an interview with Dr. Anna Anzola, doctor of audiology. She's a really nice person. We're going to talk about that and just let her go for it for a minute, if that's all right with you. If you want to see how she looks, check out the show notes under hearing protection or for episode number 369 on the blackmanwithagun.com website. And here's Dr. Anna. Thank you. Good you morning. are a doctor of audiology. Yes, I am. What does that mean? Uh, we specialize in diagnosing, um, evaluating, diagnosing, and treating hearing loss. Um, but we also um, specialize in taking care of people's ears early on. So we um, also recommend early treatment um, by recommending hearing protection. Um, 30% of hearing losses can be preventable if you start wearing hearing protection early on. I represent a lot of hunters, shooters, people who are in a noisy environment. Sure. What should they know about protecting their hearing? Um, Just use them. Get something to protect them. It's so easy to go out there just without any proper hearing protection or thinking that those little foamy things are going to do much. Um, They do very, very little, if not minimal. Uh, what we highly recommend is just get the custom protection, uh, custom, uh, custom ear molds rather, and, um, and use some proper gear over their ears as well. So the ear muffs is probably the best combination. Why is the custom better? The custom? Because it's, it's molded to your ears. It lasts longer. Um, you don't have the malfunction of not inserting the foamy ones in there, so placement makes a big deal. You can have them, but if they're not properly inserted, maybe you're not really doing much for your um, hearing after all. Um, what I like about them, you can take them anywhere. So, you know, we think about noise. When, right. we, when we think about noise, I should say. When we think about noise. We think about, oh, I'm going to the range. But really, it's at home. It's at work. Uh, it's uh, loud occupations that we may have, so you can take them with you. Mm. Okay, so I need them for more than just the range. How do I know if I need them now? I mean, am I? Is there a an age limit or a time or when do you know that you probably should get your ears checked or um, hearing checked? The hearing checked, um, I would say, at the age of fifty, get a baseline if you haven't already gotten um, some sort of uh, test or exam. Um, if there's a known family history, perhaps get it checked out earlier. If the family's complaining that the TV's too loud or that you require things a little bit louder or you're having problems on the phone or you're having to repeat, have people repeat and you're saying what a lot or needing that repetition to happen or if you're having problems in a noisy environment like a, um, at a bar or a party, uh, the holidays or even the family, if some person, some the other family members in the other room, they're calling your name and they start talking, you go, what, what, what? You probably need to You probably just get it checked out. Checked out. Um, if you have ringing in your ears, 
tinnitus, we call that. Um, funny noises, they're phantom noises in the ear. Get it checked out. It could be a more serious problem. How about if you're a veteran? You've been overseas, probably not had anybody care about your hearing because you're trying to live. Yeah. Um, should you get checked out too? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think they even do a good job at, um, before they ship you overseas, I think they do a good job at um, defining somebody's hearing abilities. But it's just as good to get it checked out afterwards to measure if there hasn't been any differences or um, permanent um, uh, damage. Talk about the ear itself. Is there a special way to take care of it, or do you need to... I have no clue. I mean, just... You go to the range, you stick something in your ear, <laughs> are you hoping it works? Yes. We're asking that you check it out. Can you... Anything you can tell? You said your family can let you know that you're probably losing it. Mm, I don't know that the family can actually... Um, or I would recommend that somebody looks in your ear so much. Um, let us do our job and let us uh, put it up on the big screen. Um, we have equipment here that uh, we can visualize, take a tour of your ear cavity. Um, to take care of your hearing, uh, nothing smaller than your elbow, so no Q-tips um, in the ear. Um, I think that all stimulates the wax um, or you push it farther back. Um, and you have one big blockage now. Uh, so Q-tips, no Q-tips in the ear. Um, if you're going to the range, you're going to be exposed to any loud levels of noise. Even the movies um, wear your personalized uh, hearing protection. Okay. But get tested. Get tested. We need somebody to come in. Or if they wanted to meet you, come and visit you, come get tested here. Yeah. What's your address, email address? How do we get you? Oh, you can give me uh, multiple ways, but... Uh, come into our offices, even if you just want to have a free consultation. Okay. Not only is, this, is it a free exam or uh, a baseline where you actually find out more about the condition, if there's anything, or the ability to hear, what can we do to take care, to better take care of your hearing uh, now so that um, to hopefully prevent problems down the road. Um, get it tested first. Call 703-942-8110. Uh, that's our direct line. Um, on our website, it's uh, Ascent Audiology McLean or Rockville.com um, or our emails, um, and they're on their website. What's the story behind the name of your show? Ascent? Mm -hmm. uh, what I liked about it is um, I was looking for something that would um, indicate uh, something about graduating you to a much better level of better hearing. So uh -huh. I think Ascent, there for the little lines, improving your hearing. Um, or your hearing abilities, or protecting it, um, knowing that you may not be implementing the best protection today, but later on, uh, you'll have much better hearing. You're passionate about audiology. I am. Why is that? What happened? I don't know. I just think that um, it became um, uh, my profession. Um, I, I met two wonderful kids uh, back in college. Uh, I loved the idea that uh, they wanted to hear better and they couldn't. They were um, profoundly deaf. Um, and all of a sudden they found themselves wanting to wear hearing aids. And I did my research, looked into it. Um, I felt this need and this passion to help people how to hear better and uh, allow them to do that with uh, hearing aids, which is our treatment normally, the main treatment that we have to improve somebody's hearing abilities. You can actually do that? Improve through hearing aids, yeah. So there's a there's a limit 
but then there's some stuff that can be done as well too, right? So, if hearing aids become ineffective, then we graduate you to maybe a cochlear implant. Um, and so that would be more for those people that have very little left, and now they can hear much better. <clears throat> nice, nice. Yeah. But you do other things other than just hearing protection too, right? And hearing aids. There's there's a whole gamut of things you do with the ears. Anything to do with the ears, I think we do. <laughs> um, even musicians comes to us for their um, their monitors. Need that. Yeah. Need that custom mode so it doesn't look too crazy. Yeah. Or um, people that are in networks, TV networks, they have their own personalized uh, earpiece so that they can hear while they're. Uh, broadcasting, so we do those too, uh, and there's not that switching back and forth. So we're keeping the hygiene in check. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good, a good thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we monitor somebody's uh, hearing and treat them, and uh, make proper recommendations or protect. All right, this has nothing to do with audiology and hearing. It's about all the stuff you've heard in the last few months about Sandy Hook Elementary, the tragedies, the, the gun yeah. control debate. What's your thoughts on any of that stuff? You know, it's so hard to look at that and uh, and not feel saddened by how many people's lives have been compromised because of guns. Um, you know, gun owners, if, if they they have their own reasons to own them, uh, whether it's a hobby or they like it for protection, um, I just think that they should just be used accordingly. Um, there's so many issues to talk about. I think mental health is just one of those big issues that if they, like anything, if they end up in somebody's hands and they're being utilized for the wrong reasons, whether they're drugs or guns, it's the same thing. They end up in somebody's hand and they're used um, inappropriately. And it's just so sad that they have to pay for this. Have you ever actually shot or hunted or... (laughs) Actually, no, but uh, I've been invited many times. <laughs> um, I just said I bring my own gear, <laughs> and uh, I love. I would love to. I would love to have that experience. Uh, I actually, I lie. I, I did it once with uh, a friend who uh, uh, has a has a plethora of, of different types, and I tried it. it was It was fun. It's. Uh, it was. It was an experience. I loved it actually, but right, with cool. proper with proper gear. <laughs> Absolutely. Every time. It was important. It was important. And it was so funny because then everybody started, you know, looking at it uh, in a different way, looking at their hearing and and, and really keeping their hearing in check. They're like, oh, you're doing it. Oh, the audiologist is doing it. So we've got to follow her. We're spending a lot of money on firearms. We're spending money on ammo. We're spending money on the cases and neglect our own stuff. We won't wear the right eye protection, the right hearing protection. Yeah. We're living longer. And we want you to live longer in a, in a healthy way. You know, noise pollution can affect you in other ways, not just hearing loss or ringing in the ears. Um, it can lead to sleep disturbances. Yeah. Explain that. Um, well, y- your body, it it's, um, can get fatigued and tired. Uh, from the noise? From the noise. Yeah. Imagine if you were just being bombarded all day, every day, with this noise. It's noise pollution. Take a break. Um, make sure that um, supervisors know about you know what you need. Oh. Uh, become your own advocate as to I, I need to take a break. This is really really important. I know OSHA has their own regulations, um, and those are great. But it could just be um, your um, gardener trying to help you at home. 
you know, I'm always after him. <laughs> Take a break. It's good for your ears. Now he has some hearing protection that we made for him. However, you know, he forgets too. So he's used to it. He's used to not wearing it. I mm. see so many people in construction. I, I want to stop and tell them and go to the general manager. <laughs> and it's just, you know, trying to help each other. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Almost one week has passed since the brutal attack of a driver in Detroit who stopped to help a little boy that he had accidentally hit with his car. In a bankrupt city with too few police, authorities are working fast to bring justice. Three people have been charged with assault, two adults and one teenager. A second teenager is in custody awaiting charges. Police are still seeking several others to answer for the crime. The city's mayor has called senseless. As many as 10 to 15 people are believed to have been participating in the beating, while dozens of others stood by and watched, saying nothing, doing nothing, except one. Deborah Hughes lives across the street. The retired nurse may have saved the life of that driver, Steve Utash. She broke up the angry mob that was beating him down. Detroit's police chief, James Craig, knocked on the woman's door and personally called her a Detroit hero. She tells a story in this edition of The Americans with Charlie Duff. She tells our full story on a video if you look for The Americans with Charlie LaDuff. The 10-year-old boy that Utash hit is said to have stepped off the curb in front of his car, and he has been treated for a non-life-threatening leg injury. Unbelievable. One of the guys that was interviewed says it was rage and not race that motivated the attack. Detroit has been under siege by poverty, loss of hope. Everybody is suffering. White, black, brown, yellow. Richard M. Nixon said once, if you want to make beautiful music, you must play the black and the white notes together. I want to send a congratulations out to Lloyd, who celebrated 30 plus years this week of being married to one woman. And Devlin, whose second daughter was born in their home, I think on the kitchen. Mom and baby are fine. Devlin may have just got his first gray hair. Congrats to Emily Miller for her new job with Fox News. The Washington Times is going to miss her. But maybe that opens the door for this black man with a gun. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Ken Kowalski. I hope that he comes home from the hospital this weekend. He's been going through some stuff. Just like a friend of mine who just went back home to his wife. Both are in need of prayer. Thank you for listening. And keep up the good work, you guys. Do you know how I've survived online all this time? Begging mostly, but I've sold a little bit of everything. Patches, t-shirts, hats, iPro, posters. Yeah, I have. And books. But mostly it's come from donations. 
ain't proud, but it is what it is. You're the reason I'm still online. You're the reason I'm still fighting for the right to keep and bear arms. I couldn't do it on my take-home pay because that wasn't taking me nowhere. I've messed up so many times on my home finances. The wife said, oh no, you can do all you want, but none of that money's coming out of here. That's fair. Become a patron today. Go to patron.blackmanwithagun.com and find out details how you can help keep your brother striving alive and well. Patron.blackmanwithagun.com Thanks. has spent decades as a gun rights activist, law enforcement, firearms instructor, federal agent, Christian pastor, father, or a friend. Get the book that tells what he couldn't say before. Head over to blackmanwithagun.com slash book now to get your copy today. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Detroit 300, a really cool group out of Detroit that sent me the, the news clip about the... Uh, Angel of Mercy. Thank you, Brother Brown. I'm hoping that Tat is doing a lot better, and I'm really praying for you. Check out the Unnamed Church podcast if you are so inclined. Again, I'm hoping I see you at the NRA annual meeting. Thank you for considering to be a patron for this podcast. Thank you for your support of the book and sharing it in your social media networks. Thank you for just being part of my life. I'm hoping there was something that was said that was positive, that was uh, that helps you this week because we're all going through a little bit of something. Dr. Anzola has given a 10% discount for all those who come into her shop in McLean, Virginia for hearing protection or even just a uh, free consultation. Don't forget to check that out. Details are on the show notes for 369 Got a book signing this Saturday. That would be the 12th of April, in case you missed it. This is in the future, 2014, between 1 and 3. It's going to be at Fred Sport, that's 2895 Crane Highway in Waldorf, Maryland, 20601. Not too sure how that's going to be, but if you can make it, come on by. And remember, we only get to go around this world just once, so give it your best shot. This is your friend and your brother, Ken Blanchard, and I am the black man with a gun. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. And if you noticed, I've changed the website, so maybe it's more uh, viewable on your mobile device. Thank you for that suggestion, too. And for those who think I don't check my email, see? Gotcha. Energize. Energize.